Well, good morning. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. My name is Dwayne. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage. I want to encourage you. I want to disciple as well as challenge you. Um, Today we are, it is October the 30th, and um, we are still in the book of Acts. We find ourselves in Acts chapter number 26. So there's 28 chapters in the book. And um, last time we were together, I was on the road. Uh, I travel quite a bit, and so I found that it's pretty difficult to do these recordings if I don't have multiple screens, <laughs> um, because the way my recording app works is, unless I can figure out something else, I have to have multiple screens to make that happen. So I found myself doing audio studies. So. Um, now I do take those audio studies and I can put them up, uh, on, um, YouTube, which I did while I was gone. Let me see right here. I, um, I can put them over here on YouTube. So you can see the, what was it? 27th, 28th, 29th, um, was all on YouTube. And of course they're only audio studies. Um, and then, I also was able to put them up on uh, onto uh, SoundCloud. So, so today we find ourselves in Acts chapter number twenty-six. Last time we were together, we looked at verses twenty-three through twenty-six, and I think I did a little bit of backing up, but um, twenty-three through twenty-six, um, we of course find Paul here. He's He's retelling his conversion. This is the third time that Paul has shared his conversion experience. And each time he shares it, we pick up just a little bit of new information about the experience. So let me just read in verse number 12, uh, and then we'll we'll go from there. Verse number 12. Um, well, let's see. Verse number 11. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme, being exceedingly mad against them, and persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went into Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, of course, Paul here is uh, sharing um, how he persecuted the the followers of the way, those who had believed that Christ had indeed risen from the dead, and he compelled them to blaspheme, which is to uh, renounced their faith. Uh, he persecuted them even under strange cities outside of Jerusalem. And uh, then he said, I just happened to be going to Damascus with authority from the chief priests, which interestingly, they, they are the ones that were accusing him at this point. And he says in verse number 13, and around midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me. And them which journeyed with me, and when we were fallen, when I, when we were all fallen to the earth, in other words, not just him, they all fell down. I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue. Um, this is the first time we've heard that he heard the voice in the Hebrew tongue, but that would make sense. And the Lord asked him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, but arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, 
and of the things which I will appear unto thee. So the Lord, during that Damascus Road experience, when he was converted, um, tells him, I'm not only going to make you a witness of the things that you're seeing now, but I'm going to make you a witness of things that I will reveal unto you later. And I will deliver you from the people. And, of course, the people's referring to the Jews and from the Gentiles. And, of course, the, the Jews were constantly throwing him to the Gentiles to get him, 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 him prosecuted. Unto whom now I send thee. To do what? To open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins, and inheritance among which them which are sanctified by faith, that is in me. So the message that Paul would take would be to turn them from darkness to light, and them being the nation of Israel. Um, and then verse 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly, unto the heavenly vision but showed first unto them of Damascus, and then to them at Jerusalem, and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works meet for repentance. So here we see Paul telling Agrippa that he did exactly what God told him to do. Okay, Now remember, Paul is trying to defend his accusations. He's trying to defend the accusations that have been leveled against him. And, of course, the original accusations was that he was preaching contrary to the law of Moses and circumcision and the customs of the Jews. So he's building his own case. Paul makes a great lawyer because a <clears throat> Paul is actually a linear thinker. He's not like uh, uh, me sometimes where I just kind of skip around and I bounce back and forth and, and then I try to get back on subject if I can re even remember the subject that I'm trying to get back on. <laughs> so... Uh, um, so Paul is defending the accusations, and he's proving that since his conversion in Acts 9, he has been doing nothing but teaching the law of Moses, uh, circumcision, and the customs of the Jews, uh, which again is further evidence that Paul was not preaching a grace gospel. I mean, if Paul was preaching grace gospel, why would he be preaching the law of Moses? Why would he be preaching circumcision? Why would he be preaching the customs of the Jews? So it's further evidence. And then also he says, and they should repent. That's kingdom gospel. They should turn to God and they should do works, meet for repentance. Again, there's no way. We're in Acts chapter number 26. That is not a grace gospel. And again, we, we, we mess up. The next book I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to study will be the book of Galatians, where Paul clearly lays out that if you take the kingdom gospel and mix it with the grace gospel, you end up with no gospel at all. And unfortunately, that is taught so much in the church today. I did it myself. And then he says in verse 21, for these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Uh, and of course, that's when he went into the temple. He was going to fulfill the Nazarite vow. He was with the four of the guys. And the Jews that came down from Ephesus, the Jews from Asia, uh, they're the ones that caught him in the temple, and they were about to kill him. And he says in verse 22, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to the small and the great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Now, wait a minute. How could possibly, Paul possibly be saying, 
I'm preaching only those things that the prophets and Moses said should come. Because Paul was clearly teaching a grace gospel to the Gentiles, which Moses and the prophets never talked about. Moses and the prophets didn't talk about this grace gospel because it was hidden. They didn't know anything about it. But what Paul is doing here is defending himself for the Jews, saying, I only preach to the Jews that which Moses and the prophets said should come. Um, and I believe when he says, and I obtained help from God, I believe he's referring to Lysias when he, he delivered him out of the hands of the Jews on several time, several occasions. And then in verse 23, and what is that? That Christ should suffer. What did Moses and the prophets teach? That Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Remember that the Old Testament foretold that the suffering Christ would rise from the dead. He would re redeem the Jewish nation who he would then use to reach the Gentiles. That was plan A. That's what was supposed to happen. When Christ came, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead. Peter stood up, he had received, He had already received the keys. What you bound will be bound, what you loose will be loose. He had received the keys. He stands up in Acts chapter number two. He begins to tell them about who Jesus was and that he is resurrected from the dead. And, of course, they said, what must we do? And he said, repent and be baptized that you may be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's original plan was to use the Jews to reach the Gentiles. In Isaiah 42, 1, Behold my servant in whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit on him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Um, in Isaiah 49, 6, I will give Give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So God wanted to raise up the tribes of Jacob. He wanted to restore the preserved of Israel so that they would be a light to the Gentiles and that they would be his salvation to the ends of the earth. That's what God wanted to do, and that's what coulda, woulda, shoulda happened if the Jews would have been obedient. That's what this chart here is all about. If they would have received the teaching of Peter and the presentation of the kingdom here, they would have immediately went into the seven-year tribulation. It would have culminated with the second coming of Christ. And during the kingdom is when God would have done these things to reach the Gentiles through the Jews. But, of course, we know that didn't happen. In uh, Isaiah 60 and, and, uh, and verse number 1, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. He's talking about Israel. And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to, to the brightness of thy rising. And then finally in Zechariah, and there's many more. I just pulled these out for time's sake. Thus saith the Lord of hosts in these days, it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That was the plan, but sadly this did not happen. 
So God raised up the Apostle Paul. The Great Commission today that we often quote, Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Immediately, if you've been listening to me, (laughs) and I know that you have, um, the first thing you see here is it's it's teaching baptism. It's teaching works. It's teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. The Great Commission is not to the body of Christ. The Great Commission was to the Jews. It was to the apostles as they went out and reached the nation of Israel uh, with the kingdom message. Verse 24, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're crazy. You're beside yourself. Much learning hath made thee mad. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth words of truth and soberness. Now understand, Festus, Festus was a heathen Gentile. Um, and he's listening to this, and and he just blurts it out. He says, Paul, you're crazy. You're beside yourself. In other words, you're having an out-of-body experience. How can you be beside yourself? <laughs> Much learning has made you mad. So all this talk about somebody coming back to life, coming back from the dead to fulfill all these prophecies was just too much for old Festus. And, the, and then verse 26, for the king knoweth, of these things before whom I speak freely. So we're back with Paul. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. Again, Paul is relying on Agrippa's Edomite past, saying that he knows the things that he's that Paul's talking about. And Paul says, this wasn't done in the corner. Everybody witnessed this. The whole world knew what had happened in regards to this man, Jesus. And King Agrippa, he says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that you believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now, Paul apparently knew that Agrippa believed the Old Testament scriptures. Agrippa's response is interesting that he says, You almost persuade me to be a Christian. Um, what does he mean by that? You almost persuade me to be a Christian. Why would he say the word Christian? Paul was not teaching the grace gospel here. Paul was not teaching the the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And if that you would simply believe, you would be saved in all your house. He's not teaching that. Maybe it's because in all three places, think about this, put your thinking caps on. Don't label me a heretic just yet. The word Christian is mentioned in the Bible um, three times. And it seems to always be referring to believing Jews. Heads explode. Um, For example, in Acts 11.26, let me get that up here. Uh, Acts 11. And verse number 26. And when he had found him, he brought him into Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church there and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The word Christian simply means that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, the Jews, the believing Jews, believe that Jesus was the Messiah and that he had risen again and a legitimate offer of the kingdom had been made. So, it appears to be. 
in Acts eleven twenty six, <coughs> it's not speaking exclusively of Gentiles. Uh, here in Acts twenty six twenty eight, we see the word again, and then Peter mentions the word. Uh, Peter says, "Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf." Now, Peter for sure was not referring to the Gentiles when he was writing 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 16. He was writing to Jews who had suffered for their belief in Christ as their Messiah. So just something to think about. Um, you know, I mean, when the term is used, it's only used three times in the, in the New Testament. And it seems to be referring to believing Jews. Um, so anyway, you do what you will with that, but that's a fact. Again, can't help but point out the word persuade here. Notice he says, um, thou almost persuadest me to be a Christian. Um, the word persuade means to convince by argument as true or false. Oh, that we would do more of this today. (laughs) Um, if, if Christians just knew their Bibles, it's, it, I mean, it could, be, it could be applied to everything in life. It could be applied to politics. It could be applied to everything. To persuade is to convince by argument, to show convincing proofs of, of, of one's truth uh, to another person. Um, but the sad thing today is that most Christians don't know the truth. They don't know their Bibles. You know what? They're too lazy to study their Bibles. I mean, they click memes, they watch podcasts, they do this, they do this, but they don't break the Word of God. You know, they think going to church on a Sunday morning while a poor pastor is standing up there basically using birdshot to teach the Bible to a congregation that ranges from total unbelievers to baby unbelievers to un, to believers that are just now getting into the faith, believers that are struggling with heresy and sin in their life, to mature believers. So he's trying to preach a message that's going to edify that whole group. What's going to happen? Like any teacher, they're going to tell you shoot for the center. You know, try to be a blessing to all sides. Well, the problem is while that may be growing the unbelievers, you know, leading them toward faith, and it may be growing the baby believers, leading them in their faith. What's it doing for you and me, okay? Not much. Not much. I mean, yeah, we're spiritually edified. We love the music. You know, we love the ambiance. We love the fellowship. But are we truly growing in our walk with the Lord as a result? Not really. I mean, you're going to have to dig, dig, dig a little deeper. You're going to have to dig your own well, bro. I mean, you're going to have to go to the well. You're going to have to challenge yourself. And yeah, churches try to do that in Sunday school and things like that, but it's a hard one to do. You know, the older you get, the more mature you become in your faith, the harder it is for you to be challenged in your faith. If anything, you become cynical in your faith. You start looking, there's that that new pastor, he's trying something new, you know, that the guy before him tried and the guy before him tried. Oh, he just got out of cemetery, I mean seminary, you know, and, you know, you just, you get a little critical in your faith. You got to challenge yourself. 
You know, and studying through the Word of God like we're doing right now, sure. I'm 54 years old. I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I've been teaching a long time. You you have to dig your own well. You have to seek out ways to grow. But instead, most Christians today, they just want to be spoon-fed. Uh, I saw a meme the other day that said, pastors feed and lead, and sheep follow and swallow. <laughs> that is absolute nonsense. Yeah, pastors feed and lead, but do sheep follow and swallow? Uh, yeah, if you want to find yourself out in heresy. Um, yeah, sure, you follow their example. You follow them as they follow Christ, only in the areas that they follow Christ. But you don't just swallow everything that comes out of their mouth. I mean, you need to compare Scripture with Scripture. Um that's nonsense. I don't know what idiot put that on the side of a church, but it was on a sign. Uh, it's patently false. We should never follow and swallow. And in verse 29, and Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Here we see Paul's desire that not only Agrippa, but also his entire nation would come to the same faith in Jesus of Nazareth that he had. And then in verse 30, And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor, and Bernice, I think he called her Bernie on the side, and they, they that sat with them, and when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, You know what? This man is doing nothing worthy of death or bonds. Then said Agrippa to Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed to Caesar. Um, confirmation at last. <laughs> Paul had done nothing wrong as far as Rome was concerned. Uh, the interesting thing, thing that I see here is, okay, why didn't they just let him go at this point? I mean, they both acknowledge he hasn't done anything wrong. Why is he still in bonds? Why are they still pushing him forward to Caesar at this point? Politics. <laughs> Politics was still in play here. They couldn't let Paul go. If they let Paul go, Rome would blow up. Uh, Jerusalem would blow up. They would lose absolute total control uh, of the Jews. Uh, they just wanted to get rid of him to appease the Jews. However, God was going to use their politics to get this man to Rome. That's what God wanted to do. He wanted to get Paul to Rome. Um, and then chapter number 27. Uh, we'll start this uh, next time we're together, which I believe today's Friday. So that'll be Sunday morning, 8 a.m. And um, I should be home. I am home. Um this Sunday, as well as all next week. So we're not going to miss any of our studies together. Good to see you guys. God bless you, Mac. I hope you're doing well, my brother. Um, love to fellowship with you again sometime. But uh, God bless you. Hope you have a great day and you have a wonderful weekend. And remember um, that God loves you, wants the best of you. He's working all things out for your good. And I encourage you, share this. You know, if there's someone you think might would be blessed, uh, by these teachings, share it with them. Let them let them see. You know, I don't really have a lot of promotion. You know, I don't I don't 
pay for a lot of stuff. And, you know, if people don't know us there, they don't know us there. <laughs> so share it with them. Feel free. You have my blessings to do that. God bless you. Hope you have a great day.